We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. up Nets fans welcome to the Brooklyn Buzz I'm Nick Fay with me as always Jack Manuel Jack how we doing Dame to Brooklyn confirmed yeah we got some positive news on that front obviously nothing is confirmed or truly a lock at this point but definitely a positive sign and before we jump into that a quick reminder you can find the buzz on all streaming platforms hit that subscribe button also give us a review but Jack where do we start we start with Damian Lillard, Nick, and the reason we start with Damian Lillard is because he appeared on is the Last Stand podcast. Is that what it was called? Uh, I know it's a sports show on Showtime, so pretty decent yeah. stuff. You know, not a small podcast or anything like that. No, not at all. But in, in, in on that podcast, Damian Lillard was asked a question and responded to, and talked about the Miami Heat and the Brooklyn Nets as destinations. He listed Bam Bean his dog. He said that Mikael Bridges was his dog. And that sort of sparked more rumors and more chatter about Damian Lillard being a future Brooklyn Met. We all saw a fan yell out to Joe Sy at the Liberty <laughs> Gang saying, get Damian Lillard. We saw a cheeky smile from, from Joseph. Nick, what does, what does this mean in the grand scheme of things, if anything? Yeah, I mean, I think uh, it's it's somewhat significant. You know, it's not the end-all, be-all. It's not like we had a report from Shams or Woj saying, you know, the Brooklyn Nets are Damian Lillard's preferred choice, but he did essentially publicly say, you know, Miami and Brooklyn are two places he wouldn't mind being traded to. And obviously we know he loves Mikel Bridges. He came to the Nets playoff game, sat courtside, has talked about him positively in the past. I think, uh, you know, it's a lot to be happy about and a lot of positive signs for the organization, especially given you know, it's a, a big time player wanting to play in Brooklyn. And there was a lot of fear after the whole KD Kyrie era that wouldn't kind of be a thing anymore. So I think at the end of the day, it's a positive sign regardless, even if they don't land Damian Lillard. It kind of almost reminds me a little bit of when Jimmy Butler put the Nets on one of his preferred lists to be traded to. It was like, OK, well, people want to come here. This team makes sense. Dame also said the Nets had a quote unquote capable roster. Man, if only KD was friends with Jimmy Butler instead of Kyrie Irving. But that's a discussion for another day. We did also hear, though, Nick, in, in relation to the Miami Heat as a destination, that Damian Lillard said that if the Miami Heat win the championship, that he ain't going to head there. He's not going to do the sort of KD thing where he goes to the team where you know it, it will create the greatest controversy. But 
does that increase the the net odds in in any sort of sense of the word? Because it's one one as we speak right now. The Heat have a bit of momentum. I think the Denver Nuggets are still the favourite, but that surely we're all Denver Nuggets fans for the rest of these uh, final series, are we not? Yeah, I mean, I guess like you look at it this way: the Heat have better than a ten percent chance at winning the finals. You know what I mean? They're there already, and they've kind of had a lot of upsets, so. It's, you know, not the impossible, but also I think we could talk about how Miami's package, you know, can't really necessarily match the Nets in terms of draft picks. Yes, they have Tyler Hero, but is Tyler Hero a guy that Portland would want to add during a rebuild, especially if they're potentially going to draft Scoot and already have Shaden Sharp? You know, I don't know if that all kind of fits. So the Nets have to feel pretty good about where they're at in a potential, you know, competition with Miami in terms of acquiring Damian Lillard. Yeah, it'll have to be like if Dame is like, look, you guys, I've done so much in this organization. I'm one of, if not the the best player in, in Portland history. Send me to the team I want to go to. In a way yep. that we sort of saw with Kevin Durant to an extent with Phoenix, it was sort of just like they were only dealing with them. And now, obviously, Phoenix provided a pretty good package in return to us in terms of Cam Johnson, Mikael Bridges, and the compensation draft-wise. But maybe there's a three-team deal that the Miami Heat would get involved in. But I also think that Dame would want to do right by the trailblazers and sort of, you know, send them out in, in the right fashion if it were to be his his swan song there. So I think that the there are indications that are pointing somewhat positively towards Damian Lillard becoming a Brooklyn net, which was always supposed to happen if it wasn't for Gerald Wallace and a heap of other things <laughs> that, that happened in between. But any other thoughts on that, Nick, before you know you provided a pretty interesting and actually layered trade proposal that came with this Damian Lillard stuff and somewhat realistic as well, which I think is important to discuss as well. Were any other thoughts on the, the little chatter around it all before we dive into your trade package? I think just one more note on Miami, you know, it becomes incredibly complicated with the new CBA to have, you know, contracts like Jimmy Butler, Bam and Damian Lillard, you know, that really kind of, you know, tightens them up in terms of what they can do and build around that team. Obviously Miami, one of the best teams in the league and developing undrafted free agents. So, you know, maybe that's not a problem for them, but yeah, let's jump into that trade, Jack. So Nick, what was it? So who is involved? What are the picks? Cause I, I, I liked it a lot. I, I was a big fan of it. Some people had their reservations about it, but. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. 
it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Get us up for the for the listeners who weren't on your profile today on Twitter. So the Nets would receive Damian Lillard and Zach Collins. The Portland Trailblazers would receive Joe Harris's expiring contract, Dayron Sharp, Cam Thomas. Uh, the Phoenix 2023 first round pick, number 21 in this draft, number 22 in this draft, which is a Nets first round pick, Phoenix's 2025 first round pick, and uh, 2023 first from the Pacers via the Celtics, which is number 29 in this draft, and also a 2027 first round pick via the Sixers. That is top eight protected. So five first round picks going to Portland in this trade. Also cap relief because Joe Harris is expiring and also money is going elsewhere. So the Blazers are saving $21 million, which is pretty significant with the new CBA and also giving them a clean book to, you know, make other deals to maybe acquire more picks. And the other participants in this trade would be the Indiana Pacers receiving Royce O'Neal and the San Antonio Spurs receiving Patty Mills and two second round picks. And I think, you know, you could argue the Pacers and the Spurs maybe need another sweetener, be it, you know, another second round pick or the Spurs, another second round pick. And I think, there could be an argument maybe, you know, the Blazers are looking for one of those picks to be improved. Maybe they're looking for a deeper pick, you know, be it the Phoenix 2027 or maybe a Nets pick down the line. But I think as the bones of a trade, this kind of makes sense for all parties involved. You know, maybe it makes too much sense for it to actually happen. Yeah, and look, it's always complicated when there um, there's more than one team involved. But because there is... You know, quality going all in through all different teams. You know, Paddy Mills returning to San Antonio with Pop being a mentor behind the scenes to Victor Wembanyama, them getting some draft compensation as well. The the pace is adding a guy in, in Royce O'Neal who can fit on any team in the NBA. And because they're a sort of fringy sort of team that you know, celeb milestone avatars Halliburton, they're sort of missing a sort of wingy guardy sort of type that. Uh, Royce O'Neal provides to them. And then when it comes to the Nets, obviously, you've been a big fan of Zach Collins. You know, I'm, I'm a fan of his as well. Uh, I just think that there is a, a lot that works. But I think the thing that a lot of Nets fans, let's, let's jump in from the Nets side of it, Nick, the amount of picks and the nature of those picks. Can you, like, give me a bit more depth on you know, what would be the value of, say, the 20? What's the best pick out of all those? Because, you know, you said there were certain protections on some here and there some via Phoenix, some via the Nets. It's sort of like understanding the nature of each pick is important to go, okay, well, look, I'm not too fussed about giving up you know, four over three picks because if I was giving 300 protected, they're all Phoenix or whatever in 2029, the years matter, all that sort of thing. Can you give me a bit more depth, and the list is a bit more depth, on the nature of each of those picks? What is the best pick? What's the pick that you, I guess, most wary to sort of put in what's the best you know asset in, in when it comes to those first rounders yeah i would say the best pick is, is somewhere between maybe the 2025 phoenix pick or the 2027 philadelphia pick but the philadelphia pick is top eight protected so it's not going to turn into you know a superstar most likely and in 2025 i still envision the suns being a good team you know they'll still have kevin Durant and devin booker under contract you know you could argue you know that 
the Blazers could take the three picks for this draft, 21 and 22, and really swing on some of those boom or bust guys. And now potentially add maybe a future all-star or like, you know, you're looking at someone like Gigi Jackson, who, you know, is very, very raw. But if you're in a rebuild, you don't necessarily care as much about having to take that extra year of development. So I think if I was playing devil's advocate to my own trade, I would say maybe the Blazers are looking for more valuable picks. I think these picks really, I wouldn't lose sleep over trading them because it's not necessarily going to be anything in the lottery. You know, if one of the picks from, you know, range 17 to 30 turn into a star, you know, you just have to kind of give credit to that front office. It's not really like, you know, the Nets were guaranteed to make that pick. So I would feel pretty comfortable trading all these picks. I would think maybe Portland would ask for one of these to be improved or potentially ask for Nick Claxton in a trade. Yeah, I think one and more in the future where it's like, okay, are the Suns still going to have, you know, Kevin yeah. Durant on the team in, in that point in time in 27, 8, 9, etc. So I think that's where if you're a Blazers fan, I know you and Ryan dive deep into different machinations of, of, of on that Blazers podcast, which is now, you know, evergreen. I think you can get back to that one. And if you want to listen to that one, guys, a lot of good offseason content Nick's been producing. So look, I, I, I felt very comfortable with it. And hearing you explain it in more depth as well, it's like, okay, look, this is, and I get that the number one thing at the end of the day, you discuss like CBA sort of relief and the machinations there. But that's the thing that probably worries me more than anything about a Damian Lillard trade is in three years' time, is Damian Lillard going to be producing you know, at a all-star level? Because at that point, if you're paying a guy $60 million, or is he going to turn into a Chris Paul situation? Now, Chris Paul is not on $60 million. He's, he's not going to be weighed by the Brooklyn Nets. It, it, that's the only thing that you... It's more about the nature of training for him in the first place. Now, I'm still in on it. I know you are. I know a lot of fans are. But in, I think that's just the ultimate thing at the end of the day that you know, can you, you know, put all those things together and say, look, I'm comfortable with that if in the next two years the Nets are a top four East, Eastern Conference contender can guarantee me you're going to be a, a, an Eastern Finals contender, which I think a lot of people are down on. I think with Dame, Clax and Mikhail next season, just hypothetically, those are your top Cam three. Johnson too. Throwing Cam Johnson as your sort of fourth guy, and then you've got your bench dudes, whoever else you sort of want to put in there. I actually think that the Nets would be a finals contender because what's going to happen with James Harden and the Philadelphia 76ers? Is Jalen Brown going to stick around in Boston? Like the Miami Heat, are they going to be able to reproduce this? So I think that there is genuinely a chance, and I think that might be me sipping the Kool Aid a little bit. I'm trying to maintain a sense of objectivity and think that, you know, Maybe there isn't as much parity as I believe that there is, but I, I think that the, there is a shot. And you know, where there is a will, there is a way. And I think that providing cachet and you know a bit of glitz and glam, Damian Lillard certainly does give that to the organization. And you know, the alternate route is look, I, I hate to say it, but is the Mikael Bridges trade route where you go, look, you guys want Mikael Portland? Cool, give us three so we can get Scoot. We can have a discuss about that because Charlotte said they're going to. A draft a Miller in, in that sort of scenario. Give us Shaden Sharp, who apparently is off limits according to the Portland Trailblazers. How much of this is smoke, I don't know. But I think that those are your two routes. And if, as we have heard from Alex Schiffer reporter again and again and again, it seems very unlikely that the Nets are going to trade John uh, uh, John Hollinger as well, sort of saying the same sort of thing. It's Those are the two routes. You know, there is no middle ground. We've said that a million times. And how comfortable are you having a 36-year-old Damian Lillard earning 
60 plus million dollars in that sort of CBA, which is going to get very, very tricky. Look, it doesn't fill him with the greatest confidence in the world, but I do think he will age relatively well at the end of the day. And I mean, the, and you know, the, there's going to be a boost in the salary cap over the course of the next couple seasons with the new TV deal jumps in. And I think what I would like about the potential trade I threw out there, the Nets maintain a lot of depth and they still are ready to kind of pounce on the next other, you know, co-star or other superstar that enters the market because they would still maintain an array of picks. And we were talking about a roster that would still have, you know, Spencer Dinwiddie, Mikel Bridges, Dorian Finney-Smith, Nicholas Claxton, and Cam Johnson, you know, and then whatever else you can kind of add around those guys. So it'll be interesting to see if they're able to get this done and how much it costs the Nets to get it done. And I think another factor is, like you said, is going to be kind of the competition for the trade package. You know, if the Nets can get a good deal and Dame is preferring Brooklyn over elsewhere, that is going to be a huge factor of leverage. But like you said, also on the the other side of it, you know, paying him $60 million in to what is it, 26, 27, you know, gives you a little bit of discomfort if something goes wrong. But given how some of the other stars have aged and how guys treat their body in the NBA, you feel better about that than maybe you would have felt five years ago, especially because he's such a great volume three point shooter. And that's really just a tough thing to defend in the NBA. You know, it's just creating an advantage for your offense. When you have a guy, I think he took 11 attempts from three last year per game. You know, that's just an incredible number that provides you amount of a spacing. And I think it would just be, all right, we get Dame. We're put ourselves in position to potentially contend this year. What's the next move we can make to solidify ourselves or give ourselves even a better chance at being a contender? Hypothetically, Nick, if the Nets do get Dame and you talked about getting star two, one B, etc., if the Nets weren't going to get that, would you feel less comfortable with the Damian Lillard trade overall? Or let's just focus on Damian Lillard in a vacuum because as much as we want Damon Siakam or Damon whoever else you, you want to throw in there and have a core of Dame, Siakam, Mikhail Bridges. If it's just Dame, Bridges, Clax, Johnson, and, and the rest of it, are you as comfortable with pulling the trigger on a trade? Honestly, I think you have to take risks to win an NBA championship unless you know things kind of fall in your lap. And even in that case, it doesn't always work out. So you know, you take as many swings as you can in doing that. And I think Dame, at the end of the day, gives you that chance. You know, you look at the Eastern Conference this year, you know, Dame's on the Nets roster do they have a chance to beat Philadelphia? Maybe. Joel Embiid went down in that series and they had, you know, a chance to win multiple games before they were swept. You know, maybe that's enough. You know, you just want to have an opportunity and you want to see progress and give avenues to improve. And if they add Dame, they'll still be avenues to improve, even if it's not necessarily a star. Maybe it's a fringe guy. Maybe it's a piece of the roster. And obviously... The biggest question mark on this team is still Ben Simmons. You know, what is Ben going to be? Could he ever become a fringe all-star again? I don't know. You know, that could play such a huge factor in things and, you know, your outlook for the future if he were to become a good basketball player again. It is officially BS report season. He is back in the gyms in Los Angeles and Miami. I don't really want to do more BS report. We can discuss it when he's back actually playing as a Brooklyn Net, but Insane and it's or applying for the Australian team, I think we'll discuss or, it a little bit too. I, I certainly will be. I'll be bringing that up if he's whenever he plays basketball again. We're going to discuss and bring back the BS report. Until then, look to Instagram. Uh, I'm not big on Instagram. <laughs> in, in, in saying that, Nick, I guess I want you to put yourself in the shoes of Joe Sy, Sean Marks here. Your two options are what we discussed a little bit before. You have the route where you go, Damian Lillard. You continue to go star hunting and chase that, you know, that cachet that possible championship that elusive you know first championship or you go down the route of 
shipping off Mikael Bridges and you get a core of Shaden Sharp and Scoot Henderson, two guys where you can build the franchise around for the next five, ten years and have the, the franchise identity be around them. But not what you want. I want you to put yourself in Joe Sy and Sean Mark's shoes. What do you think they want? Yeah, I think Joe Side, based off his behavior and what he said, he wants to win. We've talked about this, the Liberty's having success right now. You know, having two great teams in New York that could potentially contend, I think as a billionaire owner, that's something you would want. And as we've talked about with Sean Marks, you know, what secures your job in the NBA? Winning. You know, you know, trading trading your best player and getting more draft picks doesn't necessarily mean things are going to work out and you're going to make those I'll picks. I'll slightly with that in terms of saying, like, Sam Presti has had – Endless security in OKC. Because but he also gets- drafted a lot of great players. True. But like if yeah. we drafted Scoot Henderson and got Shannon Sharp on the team, that would be security for the next five to ten years of going, well, look, I can't really do anything else. These guys need the time to develop. And I'll continue to draft well because I can get a Claxton here. I can get a Cam Thomas there, Darren Sharp there. That's the only count I would say to that. I agree with what you're saying in the premise. But I also think that job security can be in a different way for a GM in terms of, look, you can't do anything for me. I've got all these picks here. We've got these young guys. You've got to be patient with me, Joe. I mean, and that's in the case of, you know, you know, knock on wood, obviously I would never want this to happen, but you know, Scoot Henderson doesn't work out. You know, maybe he turns out to be a bust and you just traded your best player. And now it's a hard sell to the fans because he's not looking like he's going to be a star. Maybe sharp is going to kind of flame out a little bit too. So I think there's always a risk with the unproven guys. And if you're looking for security, you know, getting a proven guy that can help you win right now. And, you know, obviously the important thing too is owner is making money. And it's going to be a lot easier to sell tickets with a superstar rather than a guy that could potentially be a star. And I'm not saying he's not going to be it, but at the end of the day, he's yet to be a star in the NBA until that happens. It's not a lock. Yeah, I think my final thoughts would be if this were the New York Knicks, you could and you have the cash of being a known brand. I still don't think the Nets are that despite being an international fan. And there's so many people who love the Nets, like students that I teach love the Nets. I think that it's more likely we see Joe Side, the businessman, bank on what is the best business decision. That's probably Lillard and the route that that takes. Them and building the brand. You know, at the end of the day, like you said, it's not a huge brand. They've had some momentum with Katie and Kyrie and James Harden kind of, you know, limited success, but still a lot of spotlight and also in a negative light. And I think Dame could come in and help change some of the narrative about culture and all the off the court stuff that, you know, made the front office and ownership upset. But Jack, any final thoughts we get out of here? We shall wait and see how it all pans out, Nick, but it could all happen in a matter of weeks time. That draft pod that you did with Joe was great. We've got more content coming. I'll be recording later with Justin Thomas. Nick's going to go to a, a very special guest as well over this weekend as well, guys. So despite there not being a heap of Nets news, you better believe we're getting you the content out there at the buzz. Yeah, content is heating up. And I think also over the course of the next two weeks, you know, as the draft approaches, the rumors are going to pick up, especially with Damian Lillard and all the noise around what Portland can or cannot do with that number three pick. But Jack, always a pleasure. Big thanks to everybody listening. Check the buzz on all streaming platforms.